internet, it's the 25th of April 2017 and this is the Game Engine Start podcast. My name is Ewan. My name's Callum. Uh, coming to you live from new studio, new surroundings. So apologize, yes. apologize if the, the, my voice sounds a little off, I'll work it out. Um, studio that Callum did not at all help get me into. Nope, Inst- absolutely not. <laughs> not. After last time, you knew that going in, that well, I said this is the last time I'm helping you move. But it would have been nice if you did know. Mm-mm brotherly duties and got up and like you know bit the bullet nope. and gone instead you went and no. did some nerd shit right yeah yeah i went and did a magic pre-release and did quite well i had a lot of fun on sunday as opposed to being fucking annoyed out my tits helping you shift all your fucking heavy expensive equipment that i said i wouldn't help you in last year it's i understand you kept your words but there's a part of me that imagined you were still yeah. a human being inside which apparently no, no. So okay. I, I'm a human being, but I'm a human being who keeps his word, which is like, hey, this is the last time I'm helping you move. You're an adult now. Get fucking people, pay people to fucking move your stuff instead of making your family members do it. Like, I'm sure the parents were okay doing it because they're not doing anything else. I've got other <laughs> shit to do. <laughs> because they've got nothing better to do. Yeah, like, what are they doing with their lives? I don't know. They're past their prime at this I point. Am- like, I've got shit I need to do. I am exceptionally grateful to the people who did help me move, but yes, yeah. we're here now. And I've got to you. crush, crush scrubs at Magic Cardboard Games. And great. do not expect any help from me next time you have to move, so that's fine. But you didn't help me last time, that's fine. That's, that's true. <laughs> you didn't help me move in here. That's yeah. true, that's true. But you had like three boxes because you are you were just becoming a grown-up. Single person, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I'll, I'll move out of this place with four, like I've not gathered that much stuff. <laughs> yeah, you say that. I said that as well, and then you end up just buying stuff, as it turns out. But you do end up, like, when you move into a place, a new place, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do better this time with um, things like cable management behind the TV, which currently for me is a complete shit show. Um, well, that's because you do, like, you like you think about doing that, and then you actually get there, and you want the TV set up as quickly as possible, so you can just... Yeah, because it was like, I, it was like okay, we then. should probably just get the TV... Just so we've got something to watch while we're putting everything else away. And it's like, oh, okay, but like, I need the speakers plugged in, so I need the AV unit plugged in. So, okay, what are we going to watch? It says, okay, we put PlayStation in so we can stream something. And it's like, ah, but. And then by that time, you've got most stuff set up, and then you're just like, well, all of these wires can go fuck themselves. But yeah. I've at least taken the step now where I've ordered some cable tidying equipment from the internet. You bought zip ties? Well, not just zip ties, like the proper, like, tubing thing for hiding you know like the kind of zip oh, tubing like the, stuff yeah i know the thing you're talking about yeah um, we used it all the time in uh, the land society yes sure to hide ethernet cables so hopefully that that should make this a little bit better but i don't know we'll see um but yeah so the fact that i'm here as well no no delay in internet as well in fact it was a day early which was even better than i expected so and it seems fine and yeah the fact that you were just able to plug your box in and it just worked yes yeah, i know it was that never happens, but sure. And it was great as well because I was like, because when I um, when I said when I told BT, "Hey, I'm moving," and they said, "Ah, cool. We will send the stuff to your new place, so it's there ready for you when you get there." And then the box came today, and it was literally like you know one of those ASDL filters, like the little yeah things you got. It was one of them and a cable. It was like, you've already yeah. got a router, so we're not sending you another one. It's like this router's like five years old, dude. Like you need to give me yeah. something. Um, but yeah, they only give that to new people. Well, I sl- the, when I moved into my second student flat, there was going to be a period of about a week where like we didn't have internet. Sure. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess I'll survive or whatever. But I like, on a whim, 
just plugged the router that they gave me into the wall and it worked. It wasn't fast because we were getting like special equipment to give us five or whatever. I plugged it into the wall and I was like, oh, there's like internet left over in here. Uh, so you see the, so pre- the previous person's internet? Yeah, just, just I guess they just had internet left over, so sure. it's like they just stole their internet for a bit. It's I suppose, it's a good, I suppose it's probably a good thing that we don't do, like, we don't have metered internet, really, where it's just, like, the person moving in. Pay just, for like, use, yeah. Just steal all this bandwidth while we're not paying for it. Like, just download all the torrents. Be fine. Um, well, I assume that, yeah, I assume that what happened was, like, the people like their build hadn't run out yet, so they still had like a month or whatever of internet. So we just used it. Sure. Um. Yes, but we're here and working, so we could let's record a podcast about video games, theoretically, yeah. which is what we do here. Um. Sometimes. So I only have one actual new thing to talk about. Like I'm still going. I'm plugging away Horizon. I feel like I'm getting to the, the end stages of Horizon, which is not not good. That I'm getting to the ages, but I'm like. I would like to be able to get to the narrative conclusion of this game so I can yeah. go do some other things and then come back and... Go play one of the many other video games yeah, that are coming out. And then go, like, then come back later when I have some time and, like, clean it all up because I really want to do... Um, there's some stuff in there I really, really want to do. Um, but, yeah, the only, the only new thing that I have is the uh, Overwatch... new The new Overwatch... What did they even call them? Like... Uprising Brawls? mode, mode, yeah, be a mode, and that's just tighten our time limited mode. So they've done uh, Junkenstein, and there was another one as well before, wasn't there? Can't remember. I don't remember. But this is the next. This is the next one that definitely has like new content, um, like a, pro- a proper like new new way of playing the game, the same way that that Junkenstein does, where it's kind of it's an evolution of that idea, where it's still kind of like a hard mode, but it is four people. For specifically four heroes, it's Tracer, Mercy, Reinhardt, and Torbjorn. Torbjorn. And it is like a kind of... St- it's kind of like a game versus... It's like a horde mode, but like it moves... The, the, the points move about a bit. So the kind of... And it's set... For, if you're interested in a lore perspective, it's set back before... Like well before the start of the game when... Omnic Crisis. During the Omnic the Crisis. Om- that was the word. I, I the Omnic Uprising. Right. Yes. So you're fighting lots of um, cool robots and a couple of Bastion units as well, which is kind of interesting as and well. A couple of Orissas as well, right? Uh, I haven't seen... An... Oh, yes. Sorry, that's Maybe how it ends. Difficulties, no, that's how it yeah. ends with a couple of Orissa units. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's cool. So it's like the, the first couple are just like, get to this point, stay in the area to hack a point for a while. Then you have to go to then there's like the the sled that it's all on king's row right yes it's all on king's row and then you get to the point where the the sled would um spawn when you're doing like a escort what's that game type called you know what i mean um yeah escort yeah and then um you stay there while torbjorn repairs the thing and then you take the sled to the end and and destroy everything but it's it's four player hard and it's kind of cool um there's a lot of new kind of story voice samples and stuff and interaction between the people that, uh, between the 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 heroes that are there it's a nice little mode and i still don't particularly understand why they just dump these modes at the end like they should at least keep them like even if they're not in main circulation you should at least be able to get a group together and just go hey do you want to try that old four person thing again because this is only running for yeah like especially a month. for something like pve or whatever that would yeah be like what does it actually anyway. matter like it's like unless they unless there's something like unless there's a bug in it where you can just grind experience somehow, like then there's no reason for you to really 
get rid of something like that. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it becomes too difficult for them to keep up to date or something. Who knows? But um, yeah, it's cool. It's totally playable. There's like four difficulty levels for it as well. Like the main difficulty level is totally fine. Like it's not, it a, it's not a cakewalk, but like it's relatively manageable. So God knows what the yeah. fourth one's like. Um, I've seen some like of the extreme difficulty and it just looks pretty mental. It seems like they just throw more at you as opposed to like making yeah, it Yeah, totally. It's just more. Um, some really interesting combinations of powers as well with those four, especially with the this particular AI units you've got. Because there's some, because there's just like standard like bipedal walker dudes. There's guys yeah. with um, arm shields that do the kind of like mini Reinhardts. There's a couple yeah. that are kind of small skittery ones that have lasers that specifically do damage to the sled, which are easy to take out. But there's just like loads of them that if they get a chance to charge up, do some pretty serious damage to the sled. Um, and then there's Bastions and Arissas as well, which are there. So you need, you do need to kind of, everyone needs to have their be on point to be able to take out the, the, the right stuff at the right time. Yeah. Um, it's the best use I've seen as well of Tracer, like doing what she's in lore supposed to do and has been doing in all the cutscenes where like, because I played like, because I mostly played Reinhardt out of those four characters. Um, I was playing a bunch of that so I was just like defending and just swinging hammers at people but like you see yeah. in the distance this Tracer just like jumping between all of these things and like sneaking up behind them and like doing the time dash thing like all over the yeah. place it was throwing our bombs at people yeah it was yeah. kind of cool to watch from that perspective when they're not trying to kill you it's fun yeah um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a variant of it that's like all heroes as well so you can, yes, like, make so you can switch on like an all heroes thing which would be weird like yeah, it's like four Reinhardts. But like those those four characters make it fun. Like if you were just to use other characters, like the way that they're balanced, it feels like that might just make it a complete like non starter. You could you could totally make teams in there that are not gonna be of any use. Like Widowmaker, for instance, yeah. is completely useless in that. It probably in that situation. Yeah. Um whereas Farah would probably just decimate people it feels like fire is probably gonna be pretty good yeah yeah like that kind of explosive with all those like tight corridors with clustered enemies yeah totally they would they would they would do some damage um yeah and the new skins are actually pretty good there's a bunch of skins for people obviously those for characters have their like on the crisis skin uh characters from hawk wind hawk what's the other mercenary group that with the maker black watch black watch yeah black talon Talon, so I don't know, whatever the fuck it is. The other side, so like Widowmaker and uh, uh, McCree Genji have and stuff. different skins, and Genji's got who I've seen referred to it's as like Hot, half, as hot Genji, as I've seen him referred to as, which is now he's apparently. He's got his shirt off. He's got please. his shirt off, yeah, that's about it. Um, so yeah, it's cool mode. Um, I, I like when they do this kind of thing, and I'm just slightly disappointed that it goes away eventually. So yeah. But that's literally the only new thing, like I said, packing and moving take up a lot of my time. Um, yeah, of course. So what Makes have you sense. been up to in terms of video games? Persona, uh, I assume. Main, it's mainly been all Persona all the time. Right. Uh, I'm like 40-something hours into that game now. Mm-hmm. Continues to be just amazing. Uh, like, everything it does is just brilliant. How are they... Um, how, like, how are they... It's weird to try to ask this question without talking about spoilers but like obviously like, the yeah. conceit of like the palaces is the core conceit of that game and what the palaces represent so like yeah. is the rest of the story after like 
when you figure out who you are, what you can do, and then start doing the palaces. Is the rest of the story thing just stories around the palaces, or are there other weird stories going on? Uh, it's it's stories around the palaces, but also like a bigger story about um, how the world is reacting to what you're doing. Oh, okay. Um, so there is like an overarching. So there's there's the, yeah, there's a whole thing of like guy sets up like a fan website for you and the group and oh, like it start it starts off as like people just talking on a forum going is that not just like a myth that somebody made up and then you start like influencing higher and higher people like doing things to higher and higher people's hearts to where like you're making like crime bosses or whatever convest crimes okay. and so more and more people start believing that you're real until eventually oh, you get okay. to the point in the story where i am now where you're, it pretty much is accepted that you that the phantom fees are people that can do these things um and there's like backlash against that from like the police and all that sort of there's like so yeah there are the individual stories of like the people and the the, the thing that's causing their pals to manifest but right. there's this wider story of like the world reacting to the phantom thieves oh, okay cool um there's a whole bunch of like little stories of the individual characters and stuff like that as well so it's cool there's a, just a lot in a, that game okay a lot there's a lot of that that game to be played because like yeah. the only the, the closest comparison i have for something like that is something like um yakuza honestly because like that's like a 40 hour game pretty yeah. much and like they're very clear like here's the overarching story and then they clearly define like these are just sub stories that and ways to occupy your time in between so, yeah. like, when you're something like Persona, like, is it all just for the main story, or like, how the other and the other side stuff is just for you to kind of spec up? Is that kind of how it works? Well, it's uh, yeah, it's the, the side stuff is kind of there. It's like your social links and your stats and stuff, but all that is like feeding back into the main story, right? So, so again, I, I said this last week is like all the systems in Persona all like feed into one another. It's like you're you're always doing something and none of it ever feels useless. Right. So you're always like improving something or developing a relationship or learning something. It's sure. It's part of why that game is as good as it is, is yeah. because it, it it never actually wastes your time. It says a good. lot. Like uh, one of the, we were, a bunch of us from work went out uh, for drinks on Friday night, and um, oh, believe me, I know one of the yes, one of the guys. Um, we'll get to that. One of the guys um, is just like. I don't want. To, I, I should be here, but I don't want to be here because I just want to be home playing Persona, and this yep. is crazy. And like, I'm just like, fucking dude, what this game does to people is just incredible. Um, what's the uh, you? Because you have a Persona support group, right? So like, how are they? Yeah. finding like, is anyone there finished it yet? Oh yeah, there are people. That are, there are people that are done with it <laughs> now. Really? Uh, wow. Because, well, because like the the group is filled with like students and stuff like that. So oh. like. Right now, they've got nothing. Like they've got no classes or anything. Oh right, like that. So yeah, they just of course. Burn through it. Yeah. So they burn. So like a bunch of them have finished it, and then us that are like slightly older and have jobs and stuff like that are like, sure. don't say anything, please. Like we're still working on this. Sure. I suppose since you're all in it together, they're not going to be dicks and spoil it. Like no, they so. they they're they're very they're good people. They're not going to actually ruin it for us. Um, cool. Okay. Yeah. It's, cool. it's it's just I did the first like I did one of the like. The, the events like the persona like you have like your goddamn cultural festivals at school and stuff like that they're just like little social events that you go and do mm-hmm. that four four had some amazing ones and i did one for five where you all went on like summer holiday together 
Oh, it was nice. pretty great. Okay. It's, a, it's a great great little event. Oh, so they literally have like the holiday anime episodes like, that's in every fucking yeah, series. Like, yeah. Where they go much, to a beach. Yeah. So the, the, it was literally one of one of the events was literally hey, let's go to the beach and yes, wow. it was the swimsuit episode. There was a whole thing about the girls getting swimsuits and all that sort of stuff. It was okay. it's very anime, like the game is quite a lot like an anime, but it's yeah. a really well written one, which is rare. As a as anime. a as a side note when I was when I was packing to move, I compressed all my old anime DVDs just down into like one of those wallets and threw away all the DVD yeah. boxes. And I, I was just looking through, it going, "Man, I should watch some of this again." Like I really shit, like just weird stuff in there that I have an entire series of, like Burst Angel, which is not a particularly good series. But I was That's like, that day, I barely remember that thing. Yeah, yeah. like you, you'll remember the covers if you saw them, but like, no, I, I know what it was. Like right. I remember it in my head, but I just don't. And I did I find, I also found, it. um, the hell was the name of that series? Uh, Mahoraba. Do you remember Mahoraba? Oh, which one was Mahoraba? That was the one that we used to watch on Thursday night. No, I know, I, again, oh, right. I know where we used to watch it. I just can't remember which series it was. Um, it was the one where the guy moves in to the, uh, the kind of, the housing complex the where there's like, yeah, with like the four of, four of them, and he's the only guy, and like he's oh there. yeah, I kind and of remember one of them. Yeah. The, the pink-haired one's a student and just drinks all the time, and I sort of remember it. Yeah, you would, again, you would know it if you saw the characters, but um, there was yeah, a just, lot of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was, man, I should really watch that again just to see just to see if it holds up. Like now that I'm almost thirty, like I wonder if I still appreciate. <laughs> The nuance I don't know. that is there was, a lot of, there was a lot of talk I've had with one of my friends that was like uh when we talked about anime and I said I like Lucky Star and stuff like that. It's like when was the last time you watched it? I was like a while ago. Yeah. It's like it's not as good as you think it is. I was it, like, What what do you mean? It was like, well, it was really good when you were like sixteen. I was like, Yeah, fuck I loved it when I was sixteen. It's like it's not as good now. I watched Lucky like, Star oh, okay, from start to finish enough. a bit three years ago and it's still pretty good. Okay. So sure. yeah, Lucky okay. Star holds up at least. Um, but this is not an anime podcast. We should move on. No, no. Um, so the one thing that I did that wasn't Persona mm-hmm. uh, was I only, it only it was only today and it was only for like an hour. Uh, sure. I got um, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. Oh, did you pick it up? Or, Finally, what's it called here? Rhythm Paradise. Yeah, Rhythm Paradise. Rhythm Mega Paradise. Um, yeah. So it is Rhythm Paradise. Is a, it's like WarioWare except it's all rhythm games. Like yeah, there was three of them. I, I and there was the original one that was on DS. Series. There was the Wii one, and there was this one. Uh, this one's for 3DS, and it appears to just be like a collection of all of the best games from all of them, with some new ones. Yeah, um, a lot of them that are like I've played this before, like Karate Man, like you know Karate Man, where he's of like course. punching plant pots. Yes, it's like that one. Uh, there's the one with the the people, the little dudes with the big mouths that you have to open and close. Right. Uh, yes. Is yeah. it got? Rhythm Heaven's. What was the one? The the one with the the steam buns where you're kind of. Oh, you like flicking them into your mouth. Yes. Uh, I, I've not hit, I've not hit that one yet. It's okay. Potentially there. I don't know. The one that I enjoyed the most so far was the. You remember the like Air Riders game from the original that was like dudes on hoverboards. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. It was, it was, it's that game, and then when it went into the actual game that wasn't training, it was just the same song again. Oh, I was like, oh right. shit, I totally remember this. It was great. It was just muscle memory. It was fantastic. Yeah, but Rhythm Heaven's still really fun. Like, it's a I great really, little... I really enjoy that series, like, a lot. Great little minigame collection that is just, like, 
it the the visuals are really cool like it's got a really unique style but the visuals also trick you because it's mainly just about listening and like getting the rhythm of the game down the visuals yes. can do weird things with your eyes like i remember specifically the in the first game it was like the ping pong game like mm. if you watch the ping pong game it sent you out and you got it wrong you just had to close your eyes and just do yeah, it to that, beat that was kind of almost the problem with that game is that the visuals were almost there to distract you too much like yeah. they looked awesome but if you watched them you didn't yeah. do it as well of just listening yeah exactly which is and it's great because like the, the tunes are like really really catchy as well like they stick in your head really well because yes. uh, they have to be because it's a rhythm game but there's yeah. like I'm looking at the back of the box and there's like the there's the wrestling interview game from the Wii one. That one is brilliant. That, that one is absolutely brilliant. Is it an amazing brilliant. one? Uh, I really like Lockstep from the original, so I hope that one's there. That one. Lockstep that was one of the ones that, like, because I played the DS version, um, like, a lot. And that was one of the yeah. ones that I never managed to get, like, the perfect on. Like, it was just something... Because that's the one that goes, like, offbeat at points, Yeah, right? you go from beat to offbeat, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it just I don't know what it was about getting it like exactly right I could just never get it exactly right um, I say off offbeat's hard unless you kind of time it right it, it's, but it's not just offbeat it's like switching from beat to offbeat and then do it like especially on the when you try and do the hard version like it just it goes so quickly that you have to yeah I just I couldn't I just couldn't get my brain to do it yeah, properly it's fair um, I really want the the monkey clock from the Wii one to be there. I really liked the monkey clock that one. Was one. Cool. That was cool. That one was really good. I um, like that. But yeah, that's that's just basically what this game is. It's gone like, here's all the best games from Rhythm Heaven and we made some new ones and yeah. it's great. Like, it seems really cool so far. So I'm going to keep playing that. Cool. As a side but, as well, because uh, since you were up, um, since we met up last week, you, I got a chance to try that 2DS because you bought, it was a 2DS you bought to replace your old one. Not, not a, yeah. Um, not a 3DS. Um, yeah. that thing's a lot more comfortable than I expected it to be like I saw all those pictures yeah they are surprisingly comfortable yeah like it just looks like this big wedge of plastic you just like that just looks sharp and like it's gonna fuck with your hands it's like no actually like I might get one like it seems like the way like a good way to play that game if those games if you don't yeah. care about the 3D which I don't that's, so. exa- that's exactly what the 2DS is it's just yeah. like if you want to play the 3DS games and you don't well, I mean, give a it, fuck about it was 3D. put out because like we can't sell 3D to kids and there's a Pokemon game coming out so you need something to buy you know hey here's a 70 quid option totally um yeah cool no that's good so it's, yeah i'm really enjoying it I'm gonna cool so the main thing um like i said you were up on friday because we went to uh games are for everyone volume five so the fifth one of these that they've done up yeah. here um i've been to f- the, the last four and this is your first um yep. for people who are new or people who haven't been listening to us for long this is a um games event that happens up in Edinburgh uh, once every like like three times a year maybe um where they just get a bunch of indie games together and like in development games and sometimes half the time they have the developers there showing off the things yeah. they've made the stuff the stuff that was there this time was typically like student games and stuff from game jams and stuff yeah like that. so a lot of the, a lot of the ones that the people we were talking to anyway had um where they, they were results of game jams or just like let's just fucking do something because it'll be interesting um you took notes i seem to remember while you were while yeah. you were going do you have any that stuck out to you uh i didn't make notes of the first game that we played it was that space wave what was it called space i'm wave looking 20. space wave 2079 yes that game was really cool i that really game was enjoyed awesome. that game yeah i that uh, was space wave 2079 was it was an asynchronous like co-op game where one person's controlling a spaceship going through an asteroid field, trying to collect 
like green orbs or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other person is furiously trying to type a series of letters and like words to stop the ship from blowing up. Yeah. And, and it, also like, trying to navigate where the orbs are to the other person. Yeah, because the, like, per- the, the, the person who's just typing has just has like the string of words and like the radar basically about where they're going about where they need to go and can't see the other person's screen their person just has to navigate yeah. around all these asteroids and yeah. like from a distance it has the effect that they're going for where like the person who on like the engineering side is just like frantically typing like it looks like somebody controlling a spacecraft in a shitty movie if you see it like yeah it's like just, it's like two people trying to control a spacecraft where one person's just trying to steer it and the other person's going oh god don't yeah, blow up like just mashing the keyboard like diverting power from shields and all this kind of stuff it's, yeah. it's super effective what it's trying to that do that was one cool thing as well you had like a backup life thing where your ship had a shield and if your shield went down the person driving could shout the word shield to make the other person type the word shield. Yeah. To then get your shield back. Which I don't the know. The guy in engineering got completely fucked because all he did was just get shit thrown at him. Yep. The entire time. Um, and I can't, I, I assume it, maybe, I assume it was intentional, but like, shield is also one of those words that you forget how to spell like 20% yeah, of the time. Yeah, is it an I or an I? Yeah, like every single time. If you type it wrong, it makes it worse and it's, it's so good. Um, it was really, a really really cool game really enjoyed that and it was like I really appreciated like the kind of lo-fi because it was just one monitor that they'd kind of split in like there was a quarter and three quarters yeah so they the cor- built like cardboard thing on the screen yeah and like a tin- cardboard and tinfoil with fairy lights around it to block the screens like old Goldeneye style when you used to play with yeah. people yeah um, my screen that thing was awesome. That thing was really awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, the guys that made it were really nice. Yeah, well. I was talking to them. They were they they seem they seem cool, and a lot of it was just like, yeah, this just seemed like a good idea. We did it, and it worked out great. Which I'm a big fan. It of. was it was funny because I I like I, I learned I really like talking to developers, and yeah. it was weird seeing like different people's stories. Those guys were like the most chill because I was like talking to the guy, and I was like, oh, so where did the idea come from? I was like, yeah, it's this game jam with like wave as the theme, so we made that. I was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. Um, so how hard was it? It's like, oh yeah, we were done by like midway through the first day. <laughs> yeah, that's. What I was, was like, Jesus fucking what? Like that's <laughs> like a day and a half's work. How the hell did you do that? Yeah, it's just... it's awesome. Introduce um, those guys to Space Team because they'd never heard of it. Which yeah, was like I, I we we got some downloads of Space Team there, which I count as a success in like any day of the week. Basically, if I can get somebody to download. Uh, download that. That's I told I told the guy about Artemis as well and about how like, oh nice yeah a bigger version of the idea that he was going for. It's like that's I should probably great. check that out. And I was like, yeah, you probably should. <laughs> that's great. Um, what else do you have? I'm just looking through the list here. Um, uh, Ola Ola de la, de la Vida Vida Vida. I can't even fucking yeah. Ola, talk. Ola, Ola de la Vida, which yeah. is one of the weirdest things I've ever been that a was part of. A weird one yeah. where. Um, so there was three people standing on wee balance boards, holding hands. One person, uh, the one in the far left, has one maraca, and the person in the far right has the other maraca. As we as we said to the developer at the time, wee balance boards in 2017, totally. of all things. And again, a thing that that came out from that I've heard from a couple of people that have done game jams now, which is like when you ask, like, why balance boards, and they're like, because we had like four of them, so we used them. And the whole point was it was a so it was three people. And obviously there's a current going through you, so if you like let go of hands, it all goes terribly wrong. Um, yeah. 
And oh, this kind of like uh, Grim Fandango, Luchador, totally, yeah, a style to it. Totally, and you basically just have to kind of like balance yourself and kind of tilt yourself to make pinatas go from one end of the screen to the other. And it was set up as like th- with three big projectors and this big long thing. They had like a poncho with lights on it that you wore while you were doing it. It was just it's one of those things where like if you just look at the game, like, the game itself is relatively simple. And then you add on the, the balance board as a peripheral, and then you add on the maracas to make sure that you don't break, and then you add the like it's all ridiculous in the best possible way. That thing yeah, is it's really so simple cool. ideas, to, like really simple ideas to like dumb problems that are like, how do we make it so that they actually start the game properly? It's like okay, we need to make them hold their hand out, but we need yep. something to register, so we'll make them hold maracas, and you're like. Yep. Yeah, of course you make them hold maracas. It's a yeah. great idea. Wait, how, how, like, how do you detect a break in a chain? Or oh, like, like you, you put a little current through it and then, you know, it's great. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, it's a great idea. Really totally. Cool um, we got to play Nidhogg 2. Which yeah, we was did. That was a lot of fun. Incredible. So that, that was one of the ones. So some of the games that are there, like they just get permission to show uh, that are there and they got a build, early build in Nidhogg 2 um, in there. Um, that was a... Fascinating. So, firstly, the game itself, like, they have done some really cool revisions on Nidhogg. um, Yeah. Where, like, they've also, like, they they could have gone a lot of ways with that, with that game, where they could have just, like, added more stuff on top of it. But it seems like the stuff they have added is all. No, they actually sat and thought about, like, what, what was good about that game and what needed to change about that game. Yeah. Which was, like, like, okay, dive kicks were too good. Door blocking was too good, uh, and like just not enough variety. So what they did was make maps more open so that doors become less of a thing. The dive kick now stuns both players, so you can't yep. just dive kick and immediately snap someone's neck. Yep, for advantage. And you spawn with random weapons. So, so, so the weapons were the thing that really changed it for me because, like, one of the things they add is a bow, which completely changes the dynamics of two people when one of you has a bow because you can't just like you can't just run at people then because they'll just take you out yeah you can't just flail at them but you've got constant kind of ranged ability at that point but also like when you get up close to somebody with that they're totally fucked um they had the broadsword which sweeps like the kind of two-handed sweep up from the bottom which which will knock people and like can go overhead to get people that are slightly higher than you um, yeah. so it solves that problem of like people who have the high ground like if you can get yourself a broadsword you can start fighting back on that stuff um, yeah. and then there's a dagger which obviously is shorter reach but you run quicker while you have and you that you throw it really fucking and you quick, throw it really like, quick. As well. and it was fantastic to watch like if you, can't, if you catch someone like going for a low block or whatever you can throw that thing and they just can't deflect it in yep. time like it's so fast but when they do it looks awesome like yeah. when people were started like um like swiping arrows out the air and stuff like that like it was great but the yeah, other half the whole, cool. the whole other half of that game for me was like being in that massive room on that huge projector just watching like yeah. this crowd develop and, like, the people playing are not, like, these are people who have literally just walked up to the controller and are just going. And yep. there's, like, there's factions forming in the crowds. Like, people are properly reacting. It's just... It's based on... Yeah. It's great. It was awesome. It's so cool to watch. And especially, the like... The birth of esports. Totally. Like, it kind of gave me some a little bit of appreciation for, like, why people go to stuff like the International. Where, like, yes, I could sit at home and just stream this whole thing, but... 
and get probably get a better experience actually but there's something about being in the crowd while shit is happening that is just totally different than um yeah totally than that it's great it's why like live sporting events are better than just watching it all yeah totally um i'm just having a look at some of the some of the other like my only my only like experience of that sort of thing is like wrestling where like yeah you can sit and watch wrestling at home but like there's nothing quite like being in a wrestling crowd it's a really unique experience oh totally yeah yeah same sort of thing there was a game that we missed and i'm really disappointed we missed it because it looks right up my alley it was called black box no, not Black Box, sorry. That wasn't that. Not Black Box, we saw Black Box. That was we saw Black, Black box. box with the buttons on it. Yeah. It looked like, it, we didn't actually get a chance to get on it because it was a bit of a queue for it, but it looked like kind of rhythm yeah. action with a physical controller, um, yeah. which was all, which always looks fun. Was it this one? Uh, yeah, it was called Close the Leaks, which is like, there's a box with like four physical hoses that come out of it. Oh. And you have to, and it's like four player and you have to work together to close like there's the leaks that are coming out of these four hoses and you cover the ones that are right but apparently there's like there's hair dryers in the box so you feel the air coming out of the thing Um, and it properly works out how to do it and you pilot a ship through by closing the right um the right hoses at the right time kind of like you would for um like lovers in the dangerous space time for instance where like you're that kind of thing but you're shooting the the right it looked cool i didn't i didn't even see that but I don't remember looks, seeing that, yeah. No, that looks totally uh, up, up my alley. So for me, the highlight of the night was Anatomy. I don't know about you, yeah. but that was the point it where... Was, anatomy was a unique experience. It was, it was like it nothing was I've ever seen. So the game itself is... Uh, Kitty Horror Shaw was the name of the person that Kitty made it. Kitty Horror Show. So she's done a bunch of these games, or they have done... I don't actually know if it's she, but they have done a bunch of these kind of games. Kind of very lo-fi tense let's say like not exactly horror yeah but atmospheric like, atmospheric is probably a good word a uh, good word a uh, word, word for it um but there's definitely some some shit was going down in that house that we were walking around in yeah um, it was just kind of like you were walking around collecting tapes in this house uh with like weird vhs like film grain and stuff on your screen that then like yeah. the game would crash and you'd reload it and the house would be warped in some weird way and it was just, yeah. it was this bizarre experience. It was, yeah. it was it was really well done. And it was done as a like it was done as an installation um by 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 the person who was there. Sorry, I had their name. Uh Emily Reed was the person who was who was uh, had yeah. it as a, had it there as an installation. But um so there was that whole part of it and then there was it was in the so the there was the game part of itself which was interesting as it was and it had like yeah like the vhs effects that were going on like it had the vhs like tracking lines the font that was used was that like kind of blocky white font that vhs is used to have in all their menus like that bit was all super effective and then it was done as like as like an installation where like cassette tapes play a large role in that game and there's like cassette like the tape from inside cassettes along the way it was set up yeah, and it was and they, it's all on the keyboard, and, and all the and all the keys have been ripped off the keyboard except the ones for you to move about, and it was it was really really cool, um, and it was in like a room kind of off from the main section with like a big couch enough for two people, and then just like yeah. the rest of the room was was all decorated and lit properly. It was a fantastic experience, and then the other half of that experience was like. We just developed a crowd at one point, which yeah, was... Yeah, people just sat and watched us play this thing. Which is and... nuts. Like, I... Like, I know we do this, and we put stuff on yeah. the internet, 
but it's such a different thing when like you're doing stuff and people are reacting to it there and you're like huh maybe we should keep doing this maybe we're, maybe we're doing the right thing <laughs> it was it was yeah it was a weird experience of having like us do dumb shit and then having people react in yeah. the right way that was and it, like part of me also kind of felt bad because like it's a like it's a real like atmospheric mood piece and we're like joking over the top of it but i, th- I think that's i think that's fine. i think that's a big that's part a of it as well um but yeah. yeah i i it was a fantastic experience actually to just be there um to do that it was yeah, yeah it was great and like i would say the game itself is actually also it's pretty cool like it's hard it's, it, it is it is one of those it is one of those kind of games like it is a very basic like find find x items and spooky things happen but it's very effective at that and it's kind of hard at that point to know how much of it was the installation and how much of it was the game like if i had played yeah. that and again it's, it's it's very much like my relationship to those games is really interesting where like i really like silent hill like silent hill is one of my favorite series yeah, because so. because silent hill is psychological horror not so much like jump scare horror which i can deal with better and connect more to whereas something like exactly something like outlast or the new resident evil or something like that which is very much like visceral in your face shit is coming after you trying to kill you kind of horror doesn't do much for me well it does a lot for me and that's the problem like it's it's the reaction i get it's too real it's too much for me yeah so, being do, playing a game like that in that kind of setting, like if I was to play that just in here, like in in my office, like with my headphones on, with the lights off, that would have been super effective for me, right? And like, yeah, the setting of it is as much a part of the game, I think, where. Like, there's the old thing where we I'm definitely just, played it in the most optimal way. Yes. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Like I understand, I'm kind of essaying here, but the there's a there's a contract you make with horror games, right? Where if you don't commit to it, it's not going to work. Yeah. Like if if you play any of those type of games in the middle of the day where the curtains open with full light on, like there are moments where you might need that to just get past bits, but you're also losing the the kind of in- intensity of what they're trying to do. Yeah. So having it in an installation like that kind of solves a lot of those problems and we were in a room like there was the two of us and there was a room with like it was like 10 15 people in there and it was still like it was still pretty creepy at points like i did not like some of the things that were happening in there it was really well done um so yeah that was anatomy you should look we'll list the games we've talked about on on the post um and Mm -hmm. you can go to some of them you can get some of them obviously you can't um for like peripheral reasons but the ones you can you can you can get there oh we should also mention um the hell was that game called um vaccination vaccination yes yeah speaking of games that you'll never be able to play without the peripherals um yeah yeah do you want to talk about that that thing was awesome that thing was really yeah cool. it was it was a cool little game where again one of these like asynchronous co-op things where one person's like uh scanning a body for bacterial infections and another person has a button that is in the shape of like a syringe or like pipette uh, and different colors of liquids that they can inject into different points of this body on a giant board. Yeah, so it's on a giant. Like, yeah, so it's on a giant board, and like the colors are like they're like vials at the bottom of the board. Yeah, so you can so you like yeah. so you, the the spotter like sees like oh there's some red bacteria coming in at the left knee, 
So the person has to then like extract red liquid, go to left knee, inject liquid. And it just becomes one of these frantic games of the person scanning the body going, oh God, there's the yellow is so close on the right arm and you have to re- really quickly go in. But it was more about the like periphery, the, not periphery, the peripheral itself of like, yeah. just this really cool way of interacting with this game of like that no one ever thought of, of like, oh, we're going to have this actual like injector button and this board that reacts to how you're pressing it. And yeah, yeah it, was, it was a super cool little idea. Yeah, and it was it was a really polished peripheral as well, which like a lot of these, a lot of the ones you see here, are kind of like this people have like they, they, they are, like they've obviously done it themselves, but they're like it's enough to get the idea of it there. But like the peripheral was so much a part of the game, and it matched yeah. the design of the software end of the game as well, which was really cool. It was such a polished yeah, it was, peripheral. It was a really cool marriage, yeah. Um, and yeah, just talking it's to. Like, I'm sad that we didn't actually get to play it, but it was no, I know, was but really, really we we were talking to the, the the two. Uh, the two people that made it and yeah. it was a really cool look as well into like like the peripheral itself is not that complicated from a technical point of view like it's actually just yeah. emulating a keyboard which is hilarious True. once I figured that once they told us that um, and uh, yeah it's just it was, it was an awesome awesome thing and it's one of those yeah. again it's one of those experiences you're not going to get anywhere else because it needs to be done with this specific peripheral no yeah um, yeah you have to do it with that peripheral yeah it, that, that was kind of awesome um, I'm just looking through the, the list of anything else that we saw that was cool um, I mean it was all cool but it was one of those ones, like the things that stand out for us I think that was kind of it yeah did we get a name of that weird um, renaissance point and click adventure oh, game yes, thing that we I saw. did. I saw that. It was called Four Last Things. Four Last Things, okay. Um point and click Renaissance masterpiece. A guy yes. called Joe Richardson. Um, we, we, didn't, we didn't play it we just saw it over someone's shoulder and it looked really cool it, the looked style, like, like, it was a really interesting thing imagine, and it looked like Monkey Island yeah it, it totally looked like a scum game but done with renaissance painting, paintings yeah it's, which is super cool It's it was weird it was so cool it's on Steam it's 6 on Steam it oh is it really? awesome yeah it might be something to try uh, give it a shot um, four last your, things four last going. things uh, point and click adventure game made from renaissance era paintings and public domain recordings of classical music so there you go. Strives to be intelligent and ridiculous in equal measures. Like it's definitely, it definitely felt. It certainly like, looked that way. Yeah. Instead, it had a feeling of um, had a bit of a Python esque feel to it as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. Um, yeah. So is there anything else, or is that was that? I think that's about it. I think yeah. that was about everything for now. Uh, yeah. So for intermission, we have um, just because this came out. I mean, it came out on. So I don't, I don't, I have an iPad, but it's a shitty one at this point, um, and it just gets slower and slower as the days go on. But I picked up um, Sword and Sorcery on my phone because I feel that's the only way I'm going to play that game from start to finish because I never did originally. I got the PC version, I never did originally. So I picked up a phone and started playing again, and remembered how fucking awesome the soundtrack is for that game. Um, so this is uh, Lone Star by Jim Guthrie from the Sword and Sorcery soundtrack there'll be links where you can pick it up on the post and we'll be back with a little bit of news right after this
So that was Lone Star from the Sword and Sorcery soundtrack. Um, I just remember that game was like volume one or episode one. Like, but did they ever say was anything it? about doing more about them? I don't think so. Um, I don't remember it being volume one. It was, let me just very quickly look at it in here. Games. Uh, I'm sure it was. Like I remember, like there's some part of it. That I says, remember like, nothing about it being a volume one. No, you're right. It says it was EP. It had an EP on it, which was that's what it was like suggesting that there was maybe going to be an album at some point. But oh, EP know. has been used in a couple of games now, which is like here's like a collection of things or a small thing or anyway. Um, so in terms of news, there's not that much, but there's a couple of stories that um, I'm interested to to talk a little bit about. Um, so there is a change to rank Dota 2, which I'm assuming is relevant. How much Dota do you play these days? I, I wish I played more, but I don't. Like, I, I, can't, I don't want to play games like that by myself, and none of my friends want to play Dota because they're massive babies, so I can't. <laughs> nice. Okay, sure. I said legit reason is like, oh, it's too hard. They're what? Oh, fuck off. It's not that bad. Okay. Get enough. themselves. Throw your friends under the bus. That's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so one of the changes that's coming up. I'll give two shits. Yeah. Sure. One of the changes that's coming up um, is that in order to compete in ranked matches, you will need to register a unique phone number with your account in order to be able to play in ranked matches. This is specifically to stop smurfing, which yeah, I think I used the right term there, right? Yeah, people, term. people who have multiple accounts play. Yeah, the, the the idea is like that you get to high level and then you make a new account and do the grind back up to high level again. And it ends up where people in like, let's say to 4k MMR, which is like just above average, mm-hmm. uh, end up in a game with like three people who are actually 4k MMR, which is like really, really good. But they're at right. 24 for their smurf. There's no point in them being in that game because they're going to get massively outplayed. Yeah, it's just. And the other thing is the people who to stop that, like high level players, create accounts to just fuck with other people's games. Is the other use I've seen for this. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so that's that's happening, which will be interesting to see because it's 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 kind of the last remaining thing that you can kind of use to uniquely identify a human being, because like. How many people are going to have more than one phone, like access to more than one phone number that you can verify? Like, yeah. suppose you could use like Google Voice, but maybe they block Google Voice accounts. Maybe, don't know. I don't. Yeah, but yeah, be interesting. It's, 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 it's good that they're at least trying, which is all totally around. like they need to do something to combat that stuff, yeah. right? Like, I don't actually know how yeah. much of a problem it is, but I assume it's a problem. It's probably enough to where they have to think of a solution. True, it's... true. Um, so that's starting on May the fourth. Um, any account without a registered phone number will no longer be able to, to compete on the ranked ladder. And, and why would you go and play ranked so it doesn't really matter? Yeah. Um, Same with all those kind of games is I don't understand people that play ranked in it, but it's not. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's some Nier Automata, the first batch of Nier Automata DLC is coming soon, and it's called a... I still haven't even played the actual game yet. I know, like, I'm, I'm getting around to it. I will get there eventually. Um, the name of the DLC is an unpronounceable hex string, so I'm not going to try. But um, yeah, so it's got some new costumes and um, cosmetics, and there's a new mode. There's like a coliseum in DLC, which lets sure. you f- which lets you fight the presidents of Square Enix and Platinum Games. 
Like, they are the bosses. And I saw some footage of this on the trailer, and it's literally just them in suits flying around and firing shit at you, which is kind of awesome. Um... But yeah, so if you look up the DLC, you'll you can see some pictures of that picture of that, which is interesting. Um, so the two stories I want to talk about is Nintendo discontinuing the NES Classic, yeah, and what that means. So they are no longer like they have said they will no longer be doing any more runs. They're doing one more run of that thing, which is going out to shelves. I think this week or tail end of last week, and that's it. They are not doing any yep. more of that. No more. Out of the many potential reasons that are doing this that have been discussed earlier, which one do you think is most likely? Uh, I thought I'd sleep. Like, there's a, bunch, there's a bunch of people saying, like, revision, or, like, they're doing it because they want to do, like, an SNES one. Yeah. Um, I, I've got no fucking idea, so, like, to be so honest. The, I mean, the, the thing that they, they, they hyped up forever had limited supply of, so no one actually got one, and are now just cutting supply. Yeah. So it's just a weird And there's still thing. a massive frothing demand for these things, right? That's the other yeah, thing. Yeah, people still want them. It's... Um, so that's the reason why we're trying to work out why they're discontinuing it. So the conspiracy theories I've heard so far are they're getting rid of it because the Switch virtual console is coming and they don't want to cannibalize sales on that. No. Which don't if that's... believe that for a second. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't, okay. think, I don't think Nintendo give a fuck about virtual console at this point. Like, really? If they didn't give a fuck about virtual switch. console, then why would they like charge each time they release a new console to buy all your stuff back in? Like, it, that's different. No, no I, I don't think that's them not caring about the virtual console. I think that's them not understanding how the internet works. That's a different thing. But, I think that's them yeah, having okay. bad account management, not them saying, oh my god, Virtual Console is so important because everybody will buy fucking Ocarina of Time three times. So, so that's not... the thing, like, I don't actually know, like, I have never heard anyone talk about how much money Virtual Console makes for them. So, yeah. yeah. But I mean, if the the diehards are going to buy as many versions of Super Mario Brothers as you put out, so maybe, who knows. Um, there's the, yeah, they're coming out, the SNES Classic, in which case, why would you cancel the original one? Like, why wouldn't you just sell the two of them? Because they're going to have two completely different games. Um, the more believable one for me is the fact that within the past month, um, people have been figured out how to put their own ROMs on it. Yeah, which is the prevailing theory for me. I think, which is like, what, is that it was becoming a, it was becoming like a homebrew. It becomes a, it becomes a piracy box, right? Which yeah. Nintendo are notoriously spooked by, right? Like as soon as they mentioned the word piracy, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm kind of impressed, well, I suppose as soon as they connect it to the internet, it would explode anyway, but I'm kind of surprised there's not, like, a dead man switch in that thing where, like, if they detect tampering, they could just blow the thing. Um, but they're, they're super serious about that kind of stuff, and that is the theory that I think makes the most sense. Um, that you're there, like, an official Nintendo product and they're shipping, like, the standard emulator that you can just put whatever the fuck you want on it on at this point. Yeah. Like, that might be believable. But in which case, like, do a revision change, like, change, remove the USB header from the, the circuit board, like, do something so you can continue to make money off this thing. Because, it's again, it just seems like Nintendo just hating money, which is I, bizarre. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
Um, I don't know why, it would, but that seems like such an extreme length to like go to for like, oh shit, people are going to start pirating stuff on our machine. Let's just stop making it. That's, totally. But it's, so instead of just doing like a revision or something, I don't know. But yeah, so Ben Kachera at Polygon had a, an article with a, a couple of reasons, potential reasons. One of them is the piracy thing. The other one is there might just not be any profit in it or enough profit in it. Like, yeah, it might just not make enough money for them to to continue doing it. Or the other thing is that. Um, which I hadn't thought of actually is that there might be a licensing issue with one of the games where uh, sure. one of the licenses might have got a bit weird and in which case since they can't auto-update the thing to remove the game just have to pull it alright I mean what else are you going to do right you've got a thing out there that yeah I don't know Yeah, it's weird it's really really bizarre but I don't know we'll see so the last thing I wanted to touch on just because it's kind of it kind of hits home with me um, was something um, that kind of went around the internet start of the week, start of this week or last week even, where um, so there was a documentary about or like a, a gorilla produced documentary about the making of Horizon, which I haven't actually watched yet, but seems really really cool. But a gif got pulled out. Kataka pulled a gif out of it, which shows how a thing called frustrum culling works, where. Like you, the, I'm sure you've seen this, but frustrum is it, it's a you know what a frustrum is, right? No, it's a imagine a pyramid with the top bit cut off. Okay, uh, and the small bit is like the viewfinder of a camera, so it shows the the what a camera right. can see. Like you've probably seen okay. it drawn. Like imagine like sightline, like I mean, a vision yeah, cone, almost. I would assume so. Yes. So frustrum culling, as very basic, is like only render the things the camera can see, and because you can create a ge- geometric shape which shows what the, the the camera can see. You can then do calculations to work out what's inside or outside of that box and only render the things you want to see. So this GIF had... I should probably actually just send you the GIF just so you can see what the hell yeah. I'm talking about. Um, this is the GIF. So as you move the camera about, it showed how the rendering changed and what got rendered changed and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool GIF. It shows that feature that is in every video game basically um how yeah. it works at a, at a nice level i i appreciate cool. yeah. that sure so the kind of a little bit of controversy got started when there were some tweets that came out from developers who have been blurred from all the screenshots i've seen and can't see um can't see who they were where they come from or, or who they're associated with and all that but it's like they were a bit. Oh, what's the best way of saying this? They were a bit um, taking the piss about the fact that people didn't understand that's what was happening and that this is common in every video game. Right. So, like the first tweet that I saw was, "I'm not sure Kotaku understand how games are made." Dot dot dot, and then a reply on this Polygon piece saying, "Yeah, I saw that gif and went, yeah, okay, welcome to frustrum calling." Like it sounds. And then it went at that point. It went on to like some real. I mean, pit- not everybody. Not everybody's going to know what the so, hell that is. So I'm getting like, to that. So there's some other replies, which was like, which is like, quote: Instead of actually rendering a human person on screen, the game composes models out of thousands of tiny triangles. And if you think the thrust and yeah. tech in Horizon looks cool, you may want to hear about other games that use it. Every 3D video game since 1982, right? So okay. That this is, seems needlessly aggressive. I don't know. This yeah. Is... So basically, this entire discussion forked into two distinct camps, right? One of which, which I am a member of, is like, do not take the piss out of people learning how video games work. Like, 
Yeah. People don't know this stuff. I was wondering why Twitter exploded with everybody talking about Frustrum calling for about a day. Okay, that's fine. So this was it. This was the thing, right? Yeah. So... Yeah, don't be dicks to people for trying to learn stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is the thing that people who play games but don't know how they're made... I didn't fucking know that this happened, and now I know. That's pretty interesting. Exactly. Like, you're learning something here, right? And in my mind, the more knowledge people have about how games are made, the less likely they are to freak out when things like Mass Effect happens, where you're like, oh, why do these models all look terrible? It's like, well animation's hard and here's why yeah. and all of that kind of stuff like i'm not excusing it i'm saying they made choices that were maybe not the best choices but games are hard right like i say yes. that basically every time i diss a game is that making a game is super fucking hard yeah um, absolutely and it's really the more people know about this kind of stuff the better so do not take the piss out of people learning stuff like that's not even a game rule that's a general life yeah rule. like don't take the piss out of people who are trying to learn. If people are learning, people do not take are, like, yeah. yeah. If you're, um, if you are, like, this, this, this is an argument that uh, Magic players have a lot, which is, like, how, like, you see all the time on, like, Reddit and stuff like that, on, like, the Magic Reddit, when people are talking about how they've seen people who are, like, massive dicks to new players. It's like, don't do that. Like, we were all that at one point. Like, there, there will be, a, the thing that you are good at now, you were at a point where you didn't understand what the fuck you were doing and it took someone trying to help you. Yeah. So don't so, be a dick to people who are now in that situation just because you're better. That's a shit thing to do. Help them. It's... Yeah, totally. And it's, so the other side of this is there's a bunch of people as well who were defending the people who said the original tweets saying like, Oh, but it, it wasn't like it wasn't meant as a dig. Like it was more the fact that like this is integral to every like most three D video games. And you're like, and that was the thing I saw first, and then went back and looked at the original tweets and was like, that's not how that reads, like at all. Yeah, like that reads. That's not like, what that sounds like. Yeah, like it's hard to read these things because when I read them, I read them in the intonation that I read them as. Like I cannot yeah. see a permutation of those words that does not look like you're taking the piss out of people. Um. But that was a whole other side of this, and um, yeah. So I, I will. There was a, uh, there was a, another series of tweets from um, Jimber Game called "Time Gentlemen, Please," um, and the, oh, the Swindle was the latest one the guy did. Um, you're familiar. I with this. yeah. I, I remember, remember those games. Anyway, a guy called Dan Marshall was one of the developers on that. And he did, he did a kind of thread, which was, please don't, uh, this is just three tweets, please don't poo-poo people taking a genuine interest in the tech behind games just because it's obvious to you. You can't expect people to forgive any bugs, slow down your game, at the, and, at, and at the same time ridicule them for not knowing quite complex technology. A cool gift yep. that shows LOD and culling is of interest. It'll fire the imagination of young minds and spur other devs along. That, totally, that is everything yeah, I'm talking exactly. about. Yeah, exactly, yep. Because, like, we, we've had conversations before about, like, like one of my favourite things is, like, out of fucking nowhere, you will message me and just say, like, what is this thing? Like, it's some kind of, like, encryption thing or, like, what is the Heartbleed bug or all that kind of stuff? It's yeah. Like, right, okay. This is a thing that you've heard of. It's because, it, it's, because it's, like, it's... I know enough about computers to be a danger to myself. Where it's like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I know, like, I, I read something and be like, oh, right, I, I sort of get where the hell that's going. And then it gets into the details of it. I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm so far out of this because, like, I don't understand programming or whatever. Yeah. Which is why you're here. 
build yeah. the goal. Explain what the hell that says to me. Yeah, and I'm like just a level above that, which is like I I don't get the intricacies of it, but I can at least like pull out the main points and be able to let you know at yeah. least what it is. And I that just, all, all I just need the cliff notes. That's all yeah. I need. And like it's the same. Like I get it from my wife, who knows a bunch of stuff about science that I will never know, and I get it from you about yeah. other th- about the same kind of thing. Like if you're if you. Don't get pissy if two people learning shit. Like it's so it no. Pissed. Don't don't be dicks to people for trying to learn more. It, it annoys not. me so much, and especially like like what what Dan's tweets were saying, which is like if you want to understand. Like, do you remember back in when what was that anime fighting game that did really well? Um, Blaze Blue. No, the one the Western King one. Of Fighters. The Western one. The Western um, one. Skullgirls. Uh, Skullgirls. Yeah, they did that Kickstarter for. A new character and asked for yeah. a bunch of money. Yeah. And people were like, Why are you asking for 40 grand for a character? And they were like, Guys, this is why. And they put a lot of like, development. Yeah. Here's a pie chart about how we're going to split this money. Here's the art. Here's the testing. Here's the programming part of it. Like, characters are complicated. You need to know this. Um, and it's the same reason, like, why. Like, I, I One of those characters get... end up being Big Band, and that's really <laughs> exactly, important because Big awesome. Band's fucking awesome. So, um, and it's uh, and like just people in general being like, why are these like your your Kickstarter made a million dollars? Like, why do you need more money to finish this thing? It's like, because games, games are cost fucking a lot of money. complicated. Like, yeah. the amount of time and energy this takes is is insane. So, my thinking is, the more people know this stuff, the more they're more likely to go like. When shit goes wrong, they understand. Like, do you remember from, like, um, back when the No Man's Sky stuff was exploding and I read that post from that guy who told, who were telling Hello Games how easy it would be to add multiplayer to that thing and how it made me utterly furious because you're not... That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, the more people understand, even at a base level, how these things are put together, the less they're going to... The, the, the least understand when shit is not what they expect it to be um, yeah. but yeah that was that was a journey I took during this week that just made me furious at people like just absolutely oh in so many levels it's great it's, it's, it's just like kind of like a greater problem with like programming and computer science and stuff like that where people just see like not necessarily people being dicks but like there is a certain like barrier of like wiggle words and like terminology it's, where people go oh fuck I'm so far like you say frustrum calling to someone and everybody goes what the fuck does yeah. that even mean like it's but it's it's really interesting from somebody somebody my point of view who like who does this shit who's like is a software engineer for a living right and understands understands code and how systems are structured and all this kind of stuff it is a fascinating thing to watch people get more and more digital so like explosion of social networks and everyone using mobile devices and everyone like networking in really interesting ways and yeah the shit you can do with your phone now is incredible like people yeah. doing this stuff day to day and it's such an intrinsic part of their lives and then like having no interest or to the point of taking the piss out of the people who actually build that stuff like all yeah. oh, fucking nerds and they're coding and programming in dark rooms like Jesus, dude! Like, we're the reason why you can do this. Like, yeah, this is yeah. Um, the the fact that people are so into the products and not how they're made, like, astounds me. Like, the fact that there are still there are, there are problems with getting people into making this kind of stuff just fucking astounds me. Like, yeah, and you, you would go, you you try to talk to people, and it was like, do you talk like? 
do you have any interest in knowing how any of this works? And they're like, nope, not at all. Fucking nerd somewhere made it. And you're just like, yeah. It it really annoys me, and it's really interesting to to see this continue to happen. Um, and it's only going to continue to happen. Um, and it's weird, like being inside the bubble I'm in, where you're seeing. Like, this is just day-to-day, and the people that I interact with mostly, like, this is their day-to-day as well. And seeing people go, we need to get more kids into STEM stuff. Like, we should teach kids how to code and, um, like... Uh, well, isn't, that, isn't that why everybody got excited at, like, the Raspberry Pi and stuff like that? Totally. Because they were like, and oh has, my god, it's ubiquitous computing, it can be everywhere because it's totally. so fucking cheap. Yeah, and, and yeah. It, they, they were right. And it's, like, why my, like, my boss in work does a Girls Who Code runs a girls who code thing up here like trying to get more girls into this stuff more women into this stuff and yeah, yeah it's it it's amazing that there's not more interest as opposed to less it just it astounds me but hey here we go so yeah i kind of understand it because i'm at least interested and then just can't code like but like just th- can't th- code but that's the thing like you you're at least interested in it like yeah that's... if you if you had if you were so inclined you would be able to I, I don't know. Like, you could do this if you wanted because you have the interest. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, if I if I really, really put my head down to it, then yes, I could probably do it. But at the same time, like, fuck coding. Like... Yeah, totally. Just don't... Can't do it. It's not... <laughs> but, yeah, but at least you have the interest in knowing how it works. Like, that's even the yes. core part of it. It fascinates me, yeah. It's... So, so, yeah. But anyway, do not take the piss out of people they are learning. It's a shitty, shitty no, thing to do. Not at all. Um, so, I don't have anything else. I don't know if you have anything... I think uh, the quick thing would be the the weird uh, persona domains that got registered by Atlas. Just as a quick aside, oh no, what there was like there? I didn't see this. There was like a bunch of weird URLs that got registered by Atlas, or like a some company that registered it on Atlas's behalf. They registered it was. I need to see if I can get this right. It's P five D. It's like it's dot jp. So it's okay. like Japanese email address, but it's P five D P five U. P5AG and P5R, which meant that people went crazy trying to figure out what it was, and people have some like guessed that it's so P5D, so it'd be P5 dancing, and then P5U would be P5 Ultimax, which would be the fighting game, right? And P5AG would be P5 After Golden, which would be like the remake of it, some point down the line that has like improvements or whatever. I don't know how you fucking improve this game, but when they want to do the improvements, they can do that. Sure. P5R is the only one that no one has any idea what it is, because okay. every other one you could link to something that they've done in the past. Yeah. But it's huh. just this weird aside of they're already registering stuff to try and, like, expand this universe. So, like, yeah, so, like, the things are, like, are they, are they grabbing this just in case? Like, are they just squatting these domains just guess, in case? I don't know, yeah. Or, I wonder if they get plans. That's interesting. Huh. I like that yeah. kind of thing. Um, it's a kind of weird thing, but I'm just pulling this. This is this is breaking. Well, not really breaking. Um, there's increasing um, increasing evidence that there's going to be a Vanquish port for PC. Yes, yes. Um, so I will tell you, like, <laughs> what is the what is the evidence? Like, what? Is so the latest on? evidence is a patch for the so the PC version of Bayonetta came out as well last yes. week. Um, and it got a patch today, and. Part of that patch included a sync. This is coming straight from the Polygon article. Um, included a single new Steam avatar tucked away in the extras system folder of Bayonetta. That avatar features right. Vanquish protagonist Sam Gideon wearing his augmented reaction suit, which is the only non Bayonetta avatar of the whole thing. Fuck yes. Give so, it to me. That's, that's all I yep. want. 
like I want to play Vanquish. I get the, the hankering to play I Vanquish play like once a again? year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to play that game again. So, and this is like the, this would like uh, Bayonetta's like the second big PC port of an old game they've done because they did Valkyria Chronicles as well, which was actually a really good yep. port of that thing. So it's been uh, apparently been uh, yeah, apparently very good. Totally. So I'm, yeah. I'm going to get around to playing that again eventually, but yeah. Uh, fucking yeah, give me Vanquish. I really want to play that game. Would love would love a Vanquish on PC. That would be great. <sighs> be good. More people need to play that game anyway. So it's totally. Um, yes. So what is coming out in the next couple of weeks that we're interested in? Um, what remains of Edith Finch is out tomorrow, or the time the time you're reading this or listening to this yes. even. Um, it's been getting really good reviews and sounds totally like exactly what I hoped it was going to be so that's the new game from Giant Sparrow the unfinished swan people which I am super super interested in um, I'm just looking to see what else there is so did you know what Donald Praise Wolf- next week right uh, the week half I think it's two weeks Praise next week is it is it oh yeah it's you're the right same week as my yeah, yeah it's you're next right. week it's May 5th I think May 5th yeah did you know there was a Donald War 3 Yes. Oh, it's out on April 27th. <laughs> is it out? It's out on April 27th. It's out in three days? What, yeah. really? I saw somebody talking about a beta for I thought they were still doing like their goddamn like, online beta, yeah. I don't know, maybe Hang it's on, not. I need, I need to, I need to yeah. fact check You go research that. Is that. Is that out? Um, fuck, it's out in two days? Jesus yeah. Christ. I have no idea what that Sweet. game is. I have no idea what that oh, game it's is. It's a fucking Donald War game! No, but like, it's... what the changes are. Like, I, I played the last two. They oh, were there very are, different things. There are... There are titans now. Um, okay. You can control the titans. Okay, sure. I guess. That's a thing. I, okay. Uh, what else is there? Um, nothing particularly... Injustice 2? Don't know if you're interested in that at all. Not really. <laughs> oh, there you go. For your for your your new 2DS. Um, Cooking Mama Sweet Shop is out May 18th. I did. I've got so much Rhythm Heaven to play. <laughs> Um, and then there's I'm a new just fire. Start playing it right now while you finish this. There's Hang a on. new Fire Emblem game. By What's the way, what's in this? Pretty jamming. Yeah. What? Sorry. There's a new Fire Emblem game. Oh, is that the remake of the old one? Is that Echoes? Shadows of Valencia. Yeah. Is that a remake? It's called okay. it's Fire of Valencia. It's a remake of Fire Emblem Gaiden, I think, which is like one of the NES ones. I'm oh, pretty sure. Okay. Sure. Okay, well that's that's the nineteenth, so that's about it. So there's not a lot, yeah. um, but enough to keep us interested at least. <laughs> can we at least finish the podcast before you keep going? Oh come on! All right, fine. fine. Uh, well, okay, you can keep playing that while I do the while I do the. I was going to say you're just doing your goddamn. So, uh, gameengine.com is the website where you'll find all oh, of our fuck. stuff, all our posts, uh, podcasts, and videos will go up there. Um, we're on YouTube. If you search youtube.com slash gameengine.start, you'll find us. Uh, Facebook and Twitter. If you search gameengine.start, you'll find us on there. Podcast at gameengine.start.com is the name of the website. Uh, it's, bleh, fucking, I'm so tired. Almost I'm so, there. so Almost goddamn tired. There. Podcast at gameengine.start.com is the email address if you want to get in touch with us. Enjoy whatever it is you're playing, and we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Give us a little blast. All right. Hang on. I never made it. I've lost it now. No, no, I got it.